0: Romans 11, we're going to jump back into this uh, chapter here and the study of it. Uh, Romans 11, um, start reading in verse 1. I say, then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant, according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And we got all the way down through all of that uh, the last two weeks. And uh, that issue here of the question in verse 1 is a question, uh, hath God cast away his people? That is a question of unbelief. It's a question that is there asking it by the way, if you hear motorcycles, is that Joel? Yeah, well, just right down the street, the house that was for sale was bought by a guy, bunch of guys on motorcycles. So yesterday we were up here working, getting ready for the baby shower, and they've been zooming up and down, back and forth. And so I'm assuming when they go by the church building, they'll give it a little gun, you know, just to make sure the that the heathen or the the, the believers know the heathen are in town, which we do know that. So anyway, where are we here? Hath that question there, God, hath God cast away his people, that is a natural question. It's, it is a question of unbelief for had they known the Old Testament, which is what we saw in chapters 9 and 10, they would have never asked such a question now when Paul shows up dispensationally now and is saying God's cast away the nation of Israel. So Paul answers that with two proof texts. One, in verse one, I am an Israelite. Now God's not dealing with Israel on the national basis and through Israel. Now he's dealing with the individual. And on that individual basis, what can the the individual Jew do? He can believe and he can get saved, i.e., look at Paul. Saul of Tarsus, rode to Damascus, and so forth. Then in verse 2 to 6, Paul reminds Israel once again of that issue of a remnant. And that God has, from the very beginning with Abraham, chosen to work in the nation through a remnant. We saw it in chapter 9. Abraham had two boys, Ishmael and Isaac. Now Ishmael can say, I am a descendant of Abraham... But God didn't choose Ishmael. He chose Isaac. So it isn't enough to say we're of the descendant of Abraham. I have to say I'm a descendant of who, too? Isaac. Then Isaac had two boys, Esau and Jacob. God chose Jacob, not Esau. So now I have to say I'm a descendant of not only Abraham and Isaac, but also Jacob. So that remnant thing there, and again, what happens here? You read verse 5, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace, and the Christendom hones in on that word election and predestination and all of the Calvinistic terminologies, and they they say that God foreknew, there in verse 2, God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Did God foreknow that Israel was going to rebel? Yeah. He told Abraham. Your people are going to go down into Egypt. They didn't belong in Egypt. Why are they in Egypt? Who'd they sell into Egypt? Do you remember? Joseph. Then they go down, the famine, so they go into Egypt. And, and so now they're in Egypt under Joseph. They shouldn't have been there. But God knew that that was the direction. He doesn't know who, he doesn't foreknow who's going to be in the remnant. He just knows that there is going to be a remnant. Follow that? Because of that, and again, how do you get into the remnant? You believe and trust the word of God. What did the word of God say to them at the moment? You trust that. What did God's word say to Abraham? In your seed, I'm going to do all this. And Abraham said, I'm 100 years old, dude. How am I? I don't have a kid. I don't have an heir. So then in, with Hagar, he goes and does it in the energy of his own flesh God says, no, I told you I'm going to do it. And he does it through Sarah with Isaac. What did he tell Moses? Moses, they're going to rebel. The whole of Deuteronomy, Leviticus 26, the end of Deuteronomy is all about Israel's rebellion. The end of Genesis, Jacob gives a a prophecy about his 12 boys. And you know what? All of them are bad. All of them have a tendency to go bad. Well, what is he doing? He foreknew that they would do what? Rebel. But he also foreknew that there'd be a group within the nation that would what? Believe. And we looked at all of that last time. Don't get hung up on that word election. That word election, elect, it just means called out ones. We get our word church from it. Ecclesiastes. It, that's where it is. It's just a call. He called a group out of that nation, but who's in the group? He, he doesn't call. He says, Here's my word, you believe. Noah. What did, what did Noah believe God? Judgment's coming, flood's coming, boat, build a boat, get you and your family in, and anyone else who'll believe you. So, what did, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. What's he out there preaching? What, what is the righteousness? You want to obey God? You want to do what God's Word says? Then we're build, we're, this is what's coming. So that issue of election and a, little, and a remnant, that is not a new idea to the nation of Israel. That's not a, a foreign concept. They've come out of Egypt a mixed multitude. We looked at those verses. Last, mixed, believing and unbelieving, and they're mixed together. But what can they say? We have who? We have father, we have Abraham as our father. They can gin it back, and there it is. Now, if you look at verse seven, what then? Now here's a question. What then? Now he's gonna move to the next subject, to the next topic. Notice verse five. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election, by the way, of grace. That grace is not the dispensation of grace. That grace is the grace of the new covenant. And we looked at that. You go over, and, and 1 Peter, he talks about that the prophets had prophesied about a grace that should come. God is being what? Gracious. What should he have done to the nation of Israel in the very beginning? Wipe them out. They broke his word. The moment they broke the covenant... The moment they looked at Abraham and said, everything he says, we'll do, and then not even a chapter later, they've broken that. You know what he had the right to do? Wipe them out. But he didn't, because what does he know? What does he foreknow? He knows that there's a remnant coming who will then identify the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will then believe, and then who will then go in and inherit that kingdom. You're not, little flock, it is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's Because why? Because they're bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. So in verse 5, they shouldn't have been shocked that God's out doing something else. Because here comes the apostle Paul, and what does he say? God's doing something else. He, you guys have fallen. That's what we're going to get into next time in verse 11. You have fallen. You, God has set you aside. You have lost your special privilege as a nation. He's diminishing you away. And he's out sending salvation to the Gentiles now without going through the nation of Israel. I hope when I say that, you follow that. And I'm just tempted to do this, so this isn't in my notes. Go back to Genesis 12, just so you see this. Because sometimes I make statements, and I make it based on all the study, and then it dawns on me that maybe there, there might be, I don't want there to be a disconnect, okay? Look at Genesis 12. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So we have the Abrahamic covenant, okay? Now watch verse 3 very carefully. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. So the ba- one of the basic components of Abrahamic covenant is what? I'll bless and curse who bless and curse you. Now watch the end of this verse. And in thee, who? Abraham and his seed. Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? who are the all the families you go to chapter 10 and he delineates out all the gentile nations so in the Ab- the basics of the abrahamic covenant is that through israel through the seed abraham isaac jacob the 12 tribes where's blessings going to all the families of the earth it's going to go through that seed line so all your whole old testament is really has the folk has in the backdrop the issue of gentile salvation but coming through who through Israel okay so now come over to second timothy actually first timothy make it first timothy 2 so when you come in to the stuff about Israel when Israel is functioning properly they're going to have the blessings because then with the Mosaic law, he gives, if you perform, then I'll bless you. If you don't perform, then I will curse you. If you obey my word, I'll bless you. If you disobey my word, I curse you. When you read about a famine in the land of Israel, it means that they are not obeying the word of God. doesn't mean w- climate warming. Sorry. It doesn't mean any of the stupid stuff you hear in Christian, Christianity. It means that they are not obeying God's word. When they are obeying God's word, what happens? They're blessed, and then that blessing then turns to the Gentiles, and it flows out. Okay? Now look at 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. I, I, and the I here is Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? How many? How many? All men. Israel was very limited. It's a many. Now Paul says we're going all. Now watch verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the nation of Israel. Who? The man Christ Jesus. Now if that had been over in Israel's program, who's the mediator between God and men? Israel Abraham the Abrahamic Covenant because he's dealing with the nations of the earth that way but in the age of grace how's he dealing with man not through Israel now it's a direct relationship between him and you through who through Christ you follow see so when you come into Romans 11 here and he talking about election of grace and different things that's why he says verse 6 11:6 6 is a great verse That works in grace don't mix so when you hear a preacher say you got to do something to get saved or do something to stay saved that's not the dispensation of grace that's something else that's the law that's the yoke of bondage so when we come into this this verse 6 demonstrates something about the end of verse 5 and that issue of grace the election of grace according to the election of grace god determined to be gracious to that remnant so now paul back in romans 11:7 we we'll get back in the notes okay <laughs> now paul says what what then now he's going to he's going to take the next step israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for but the election hath obtained it and the rest We're blinded. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. What's he seeking? What is Israel seeking for? Come over to chapter 9. We've already seen this. But again, Paul's getting that reference. And chapter 9 was like six months ago. Okay? (laughs) It really was. It was like, man, we just kind of went on the skid short here real quick. Chapter 9, look at verse 31. Verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness hath obtained to righteousness. Okay, how'd they do that? Even the righteousness which is of what? Faith. What is a Gentile doing now? He's hearing the gospel and he's believing. 1 Thessalonians 1 You heard the gospel and you turned from idols to serve and to trust and serve the living God. What are they doing? They're getting saved. They're trusting in the shed blood. This is April 3rd, so we're into the Easter season. Okay, That's what it is on the calendar, the religious calendar. Well, what happened on Easter Sunday, as they say? Up from the grave he arose. He's not here. And they're trusting in Paul's gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection. Never leave the resurrection out because that's what stamps it done. And what does he say? He says, hey, they have ob- the Gentiles now have obtained a righteousness. You know how? By faith. Now watch verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, they had the law, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. But they didn't get there. Why? Verse 32. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith. But as it were... By the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be a save. So in 11.7, in what's he say? What are they attaining to? What are they striving for? Eternal life. They're looking for righteousness. They're looking for God's righteousness. They're looking for the righteousness of God that gives them eternal life. That's what they're striving for. But they're doing it how? Not by faith. They're doing it by what? By the works of the law. Now, the works of the law are righteous and they're good, but they're done by what? By faith. See, faith comes first. For Israel, faith first. By the way, for you too. Faith first. In Israel's program, then they had some works of the law to go do. But how are they to be doing them? By faith. They weren't doing them by faith. They were doing it out of self. They're looking for self-righteousness. They're looking for their self, uh, selfishness. And that is what religion does. Religion promotes the self. The Word of God says, Not you, it's him. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not uh, uh, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should what? boast, what are they doing? They're boasting. They're bragging. And Paul says, they are blinded. Okay, eleven seven. So what is Israel seeking for? They're looking for righteousness. They're looking for eternal life. But then he says, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Now, Paul's going to begin to deal with this issue of Israel's blindness because it's going to lead to verse 11. We're we're bleeding into verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. You see, Israel does stumble. By the way, who did they stumble? 9.33. They stumbled over the stumbling block, the Lord Jesus Christ. They missed him. They missed him at birth, all the way to crucifixion. They missed who he said he was and demonstrated himself to be, which was Jehovah, the Messiah, in flesh, dwelling among them, fulfilling everything the Old Testament said he would do. They missed that. But then, but they didn't fall there. But then they fall. Acts 7. See? The stoning of Stephen there. So, what do you, but why did they do verse eleven? Why are in they in that condition? Well, verse seven, what are they? They're blinded. They're blinded by the works of the law, and he begins to de, he begins. Come over with me to Acts 13. Paul's message to the Jew in his Acts ministry which is really what Acts, or Romans 9, 10, and 11 are focusing in on, is very critical to see. Because in his Acts ministry, he's handling these guys, he's answering these questions that have come up, and really, those, these are still questions that come up even today. If you talk to any Jew who is familiar with Scripture, and I don't mean just the Torah, I mean Scripture... I've had discussions with guys who know this Bible front to back better than a lot of us. And they're orthodoxy Jew. And you know what? They don't like the King James Bible because a Gentile wrote it. King James wrote it, see, in their thinking. But they know it. They don't like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because it's written in Greek, not Hebrew. But you know what? This guy knows. And you know what they do? They raise the same questions that Paul's facing. And Paul gives us an answer. Look look at Acts 13. Look at his message here to the Jews. Now you remember, what's Paul's manner in his Acts ministry? He goes into that synagogue first, to the Jew first. Again, remember, who's in the synagogue? The remnant or the apostate? The apostate. The remnant is out. Acts 8, 1, the remnant's scattered abroad. They're gone. They're out of Jerusalem. They're scattered. They've since subsequently drifted back into Jerusalem after Saul of Tarsus' road to Damascus event, so when Saul goes in, but by the way, the remnant would never go into the synagogue because that's where that vain religious system is, and they've been warned not to participate in that. So they were they would stay home, okay. So when he goes into them, Acts thirteen, he preaches a message to him, And what he does is he goes through Israel's history. It starts here in verse 16. And he goes through Israel's history from uh, uh, Moses in the Egypt out, and then he goes down and he talks about David and John and Abraham. He goes all through the, the history. Verse 38. He goes through the Messiah, the fact that they missed him as being Messiah. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, Acts 13, 38, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all, again, all, not many, not some, not a few, but all that believe are justified. Now watch. From all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Look at that. Now, when a Jew heard that, what do you think the Jew did? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woohoo! No, no, no. They pitch a big old fit, don't they? What do you mean the law of Moses doesn't justify us? Well, how were they seeking righteousness? By the faith or by the works of the law? By the works of the law. So they weren't seeking it by faith. They're out here doing it because that's just family tradition. Now, watch verse 42 two and when the jews were gone out of the synagogue the gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next sabbath what happened there he preaches a message that the law of moses can't get it done and what did the gentiles say hey let's hear some more of that good stuff okay Verse 43, now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now what happened? Now some of the Jews that were there that heard it, what do they say? We want to hear this too. Some of the the Gentiles hear it, I want more. Some of the Jews did what? Heard it, trusted it, said, hey, I want to hear that too. Verse 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting. See, when he says there, when the Jews, there's your religious crowd. They come in and they blaspheme, speak evil against. So Paul here, he, he is telling them something that they don't know. Look there at verse 43 again. The end of that verse, who's speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Paul was teaching them some things that they had never heard about. They had never heard that Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, was so that they could have eternal life. So that they could get his righteousness. They had never heard that. Remember Peter, when he preaches the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection, it's a what? Positive or negative? Negative. You with wicked hands murdered him. You killed him. You killed him. Paul comes in and says, yeah, we preached the same thing. You did kill him, but you know what? Now, in the dispensation of grace, in this new message, you have an opportunity as an Israelite individual to come to saving knowledge and have eternal life in his righteousness. That's why verse 38 there, it ends, preach unto you the forgiveness of sins. And that that law thing over there, that thing's been fulfilled, it's been canceled out, it's been done away with. He's broken it down, he's answered the questions, and now it's just simply by faith in, what, in his activity. And you know what? Some of them believe him. Go back to Romans 11. Romans 11, some believe and some don't. They pitch a fit, so eleven seven. 7 But the election hath obtained it. The, elect, the election, the, that remnant, the little flock, the believing remnant, the foolish nation, that group of Jews that believed the word of God to them in the moment, that group that God foreknew would be there. Again, he doesn't foreknow the individual. He doesn't pre. Preordain or predestined some to live under righteousness and eternal life, and some to die and go to hell. That's a very ungracious God. That's a mean God. That's not the God of the Bible, at all. That's, by the way, that's a God of theology. So that we can say one groups in and one group's not. And by the way, you know how you're in. We'll see your giving statement at the end of the year. They use it. You you chuckle. I, i've read the i've read the letters i've seen the emails well wait a second you know anyway eleven seven. 7 he knew that they would be there he knew that there was a group that had trusted him by faith they had that positive response but the end of the verse and the rest were what blinded the issue of blindness now what will happen is as some will say you know why they were blinded because god the holy spirit didn't reveal it all to them he didn't give it all to them Well, wait a second, haven't we already seen Deuteronomy 30 in chapter 10 where he says it's all been made known, the word is nigh unto you, I've kept nothing back from you. Remember those verses we went through the Old Testament? I've revealed everything to you, I've given you everything. So they'll say, wait a second, they didn't believe it because they didn't have all of the revelation, so... Think about Paul. Paul gets that final revelation, the progressive revelation. He gets the final installment. He's preaching it to them. We just read a minute ago what's God's will, that all would be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. How many? All. Not just some or a little group, but everybody. See? So it's just, they, they just don't like the verses. They like to have that control over you. So they'll say that. Then they'll say, well, don't you know that God did it to them? Well, yeah, that's, God does blind them. But guess what? Israel blinded herself too. We've seen that. Remember Romans 9? Pharaoh's heart was hardened. How was that? God put in front of Pharaoh his word, and Pharaoh said no. God did some other things to him. Pharaoh kept saying no. Hardened his heart. Remember, we went through the Old Testament. God hardened. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Where does the responsibility lie? It lies with the individual. That's where it lies. So when you see here, the elect got it. That believing remnant, they understood it. It's just fascinating. We're talking about this Wednesday night. Look over at John. Or Actually, I think we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, Phil and I. Look at John 1. Just fascinating here about this. They, the, the elect, that believing remnant, they understood what was happening. They trusted him. They responded by faith. And so what are they going to have? Eternal life. Now, their eternal life is sitting over there in that kingdom, and they understand in their program what do they have to do. They have to endure to the end. They've got to go through the 70th week of Daniel, the tribulation there. They've got things in their program to do that the dispensation of grace interrupted, put it on pause, but chapter 11 is going to tell us that is only an interruption. It's a temporary thing. And one day God's going to go back to fulfilling it out. See? The train's coming. John 1. In John 1, you have the public ministry here of the Lord beginning... You've got him being baptized by John there in verse 29, 30, 31, and 34 there, 35, the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples. So, followers of John the Baptist. Now, what is John? John's the crier in the wilderness, prepare the way, the Lord's coming. What did he just do? He just identified in the baptism of Jesus Christ who the Messiah was. He said, the guy I've been talking about, there he is. You see him? Now, two of his disciples come and they say and they look upon Jesus as he walked and said be, and he saith behold the lamb of god and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus And when Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, Where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now watch what Andrew does and what he says. He first findeth his own brother Simon. So he goes and gets Peter and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Andrew is one of the guys sitting there. Here's John the Baptist's testimony. Believes it. The testimony of who Christ is. Goes over, sits with the Lord for a little impromptu Q&A and Bible study, says, hang on a minute, I got to go get my brother. And he goes to, and by his own mouth declares him to be who? Messiah. That's faith. That's what the believing remnant is doing. It's a picture of it. By the way, they go, they get, Simon comes back Okay, verse 42, he's got, a, uh, Cephas, he's, he's got a name change, Cephas, or a name addition. Then you get Philip, and Philip finds Nathanael. And Nathanael goes in and says, you know what? Verse 49, thou art the king of Israel. You are who, here you are. And it's all done by faith. Notice these guys haven't done a lick of work. They haven't. All they've done is heard the word, positively responded to the word now they're following OJB John the Baptist so they're following their their bible believers that who do they know should be coming about right now messiah see so when you come back here to 11:7 hey the elect got it by the way in Matt and John 1 they're saved into that everlasting life that's going to be there for them in that Davidic, earthly, literal, physical, visible, earthly, Davidic covenant here on the earth. They're not in the church, the body of Christ. They're over here in something, in in Israel's prophetic program. Now verse 8. Well, verse 7. They get it. They got it by faith, by a faith response to the word of God. Not by doing the works of the law. 11.7. But the rest, I love that, the rest of them, that apostate group out there, what were they? They were blinded. Now, again, this is where the covenant theology guys, the reform guys come in and they say, God blinded them so that they wouldn't get in, so that he could save some and all this stuff. And it's just, it's very frustrating. Okay? Now you can be blinded two ways by light and by darkness. Light. Think about Acts 9. Paul is on the road to Damascus and that great light shined. And what did it do? It blinded him. Took Ananias coming over and doing a miracle. And so his sight was restored. But you can also be blinded by darkness. Well, what are they seeking in verse 7? Their own self, they're seeking righteousness, eternal life. But how are they doing it? By the, by the works of the law, not by faith. So what are they getting blinded by? The, the works, their self-effort. They're being blinded by religion. Again, I said it last week, you know what? Religion views faith. How does religion view faith? As foolishness. See, they turn it around. So here they are. They're out here and they are blinded. And they're blinded by their own self-energy, self-effort to do the works of the law. So Paul is going to go here now in verse 8 and 9 and 10. And he's going to run a little history lesson on Israel once again. Using the Old Testament that proves that Israel was blinded to her own apostasy. She didn't think what she was doing wrong. By the way, on Wednesday night, we're in Mark 7. You ought to pay attention to Mark 7. He goes toe-to-toe with the religious element in Israel, and he, he's not a, he doesn't, he, he doesn't treat, you, treat them like religion would have you think that the Lord was meek and mild and soft-tempered. He goes in there and skins the fur off the cat real quick, and he does it because they have taken the Word of God and they've made it of none effect. He's going to, one, he's going to prove that Israel was blinded to her own apostasy. Then he's going to prove that they're blinded to the issue of who the Messiah was, which resulted in the crucifixion of Christ. And here now, he's going to prove here in 11 that they're blinded to the fact of his ministry given to him now was really a renewed opportunity for them to get saved unto eternal life. And they're blinded to that, and they're blinded to to all of that. So he begins here uh, in verse 8. Notice the parenthesis. According as it is written. Again, according as it is written, Isaiah 29. He's not saying we're fulfilling Isaiah 29. He says we've got a parallel situation here to what Isaiah said, Israel's in the same boat. So go back with me to Isaiah 29. Well, 11.8, quick, let's read it. God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Now, God does this to them. He, God does participate in the blinding of Israel, but he does it by laying out the what? Light or darkness? Light. Here's the truth. Here's my word. Thy word is a light unto my path. Here's the light. Israel rebels. Here's the light. Intensification of the light. So God is, well, he says he does it to them. Okay? But at the same, is it warm in here? It is warm in here. Uh, Speak of the devil. Thank you, Lord. Not the devil. Sorry. Thank you, Lord. Okay? Look at Isaiah 29, and just let's just get the quote and what's happening here with the quote. It helps to be in Isaiah, not John. Isaiah 29. What has God given them? He's given them the spirit of slumber. The issue of slumber—they're lazy, sleepy. You know, you finish a big Thanksgiving meal and you just go curl up to watch the football game, and the next thing, what are you doing? You're s- asleep. It, it's, it's, it's slumber. Um, they, Israel has a spirit where they're not thinking clearly. Isaiah 29 and verse number 10. Twenty-nine ten. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of a deep sleep and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, have he, hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. Isn't that interesting? He's sealing it up. Why? Because of their unbelief. What are they doing? They're out. Verse 9, stay yourselves and wonder, cry ye out, cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong... What are they? They're over there in that vain religious system, Baal worship. So when you come back here to 11.8, what's Paul doing? Paul brings up Isaiah and says, listen, God hath given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that should not see and ears that should not hear. He's way back there in that Old Testament, guys. God told you what was coming. And you had every opportunity in the Old Testament to get it right, and you refused. You had every opportunity with the Messiah and the earthly ministry and the 12 apostles and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you refused. And guess what? You got every opportunity in the early Acts period, and guess what you did? You refused. So guess what God declared you to be? Blinded. And guess what happened? You fell. You did it. Yes, God participates, but how does he participate here's the information, here's the word, 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 here's the word. And all he did was your unbelief is what got you there. Now come over to Acts 28, watch him do it again, the end of Acts. Paul, again, he's in the synagogue And he's reading from Moses. He's reading from Isaiah. He's reading from all the Old Testament back there. And he's concluding with them that, guess what? Your blindness continues today. Your blindness is ongoing. There's a little remnant that believes, but the bulk of you, the man... 7,000 men didn't bail, he said there in chapter 11. 7,000 out of, let's say, 2 million that's not that's not good numbers. That's a little bit that's the wrong direction. Look at Acts 28, verse 25. Again, now Paul's been preaching to them. And when they now the they there is verse 17, and it came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come, he begins he says to them, So who's he talking to? The chief of the Jews. He's okay. Now, he's under house arrest, so he's not in the synagogue, but he calls them. They come, verse 25, and they agreed not among themselves. And when they had agreed not among themselves, they departed. Now, why did they depart? After that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias, the prophet, unto our fathers, saying, Notice, well spake, not not fulfillment. Well spake. At this time, something that Isaiah said back there in Isaiah 6 is matching up to what's going on today in the the condition of Israel. And what is it? Blindness. Go unto this people and say, hearing ye shall hear. And shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed. Notice the they, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and she be, should be converted and I should heal them. Notice what's happened. No, What did God do? He blinded them with the light, with the truth. Here's the truth. But then they blinded themselves by staying in darkness. Spiritual darkness. If you walk in the light, if you walk in a dark room and you know the light switch is right there but you'd fail to turn it on because I can just stumble through this you can't blame the homeowner for putting the light there you have to blame yourself for not doing what reaching over and flipping it on what did god do here's the light switch guys here's heaven the days of heaven on earth here's life and what did they choose death darkness and that's what paul's doing paul is reaffirming to israel to the chief rulers of the jews that what Isaiah said was going to come, and by the way, it will come in their, prophetically, that condition is right here, right now. Similar, same, parallel, however you need to say it. They closed their eyes. They closed their eyes. They didn't, they refused to respond to what God was doing in a positive manner in their program and now in the dispensation of grace. Come over to Acts 13. Acts 13. And again, Paul, not to, um, again, I'm trying not to beat on a, <coughs> I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but you you have to know this because when we get into 11, 11 and 12, and we get down talking about the branches and grafting in and breaking off and all that, you got to have in your mind a, 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 a A line drawn between apostate and remnant. Blinded and believers. See? That's why he's doing this, because he's going to come and talk to you and I here in a little bit, and he's going to lay some things out for us that, guess what? We shouldn't be high-minded. Don't act like those Jews. You know what the Jews said? We be of Abraham, our father. (laughs) We got the trust deed right here. It all belongs to us. Anyway, I'm ahead of myself. Acts 13. Look at verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you and judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Paul's confronting Israel says, God's put the light there, you refused it, you reject it. Verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have, set thee, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be of salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. Whoa, look at that, a guy coming and talking to me. I don't have to go over there and join the 12 and all that they're doing. He's talking to me, and he's talking to me about having righteousness without the works of the law. Don't you know the, that gladness is wow? Because I don't know if you've read the law lately. You would struggle to keep it clean. And glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Come over to chapter 18 of Acts. Eighteen. Chapter 18, again, chapter 18, if you look at verse 5, And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean, and from henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. What's happening? They rejected it. Come over to Acts 22. Acts 22. Look, if you will, at verse 18. Acts 22:18, 18. <clears throat> 22, 17, just so you hit it, because there's a warning here for Paul. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. So Paul goes into a trance here. And saw him saying unto me. Now the hymn there is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they, the Jews, those in Jerusalem, will not receive thy testimony concerning me. What does, what's he saying? You go to Jerusalem, they're not going to receive it. What are they going to do? Go back to Romans 11. They're going to reject it. They're going to reject what's happening to you. So in Romans 11, when he quotes Isaiah 29 it's a, hey, remember what Isaiah said, guys, because that's the similar condition here. Yeah, God gave you a sleep of slumber, but what did he do? He had put that light out there all the time. Now it's cold in here, isn't it? <laughs> fickle, aren't we? Man is fickle. When it's hot, we want it cold, and when it's cold, we want it hot. Anyway, there's a, there's a whole saying on that. And that's okay. I'd rather be cold than hot, So, or cooler than hotter. Paul's saying, guys, listen, it's right here. You had the light, you had the word, and you've refused it. So verse 9, and David saith, Uh uh-oh, so now he goes and quotes David. David is big in their thinking, isn't it? Just like Moses is in Isaiah. Here's David, and he quotes Psalm 69. So go back to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, 22 and 23 here. Psalm 69, as, as David said, let their table be a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down back their back, uh, bow down their back always. Notice, let their table be made a snare. Look at Psalm sixty-nine. Psalm sixty-nine, a great messianic psalm, a great psalm of reproach. It's called Psalm sixty-nine. Here it, uh, again, it's uh, he verse twenty. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Look at that. Their table a snare, a trap. Now look in verse 22, because it helps, 69-22 helps you understand the table. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their what? Welfare. You see, the table is a table of blessing. See, Israel, all through the prophetic scriptures, God is going to provide for them. And he's going to give them a table in the wilderness and they can come and eat. And he feeds them manna, gives them the manna. That manna goes on for like 40 years, the wandering. A, he take, and they've got this blessing of being God's people. He says, you're to be the head, not the tail. You're to be the lender, not the borrower. You're to be this, not that. And he, you are my people. And yet, go back to Romans 11, what is, what's happened to them? They've fallen. They've been cast away. They've been blinded. Israel has an opportunity to respond positively to what God is doing today in the age of grace. And what are they doing to Paul? They're refusing him. By the way, that thing about the table, come over to Matthew 15. Actually, are you in Romans or did you go to Matthew you guys with the Bibles are good, but the tablet people. Look at Romans nine. Just see their table, just real quick here. Okay, we got a few minutes. <coughs> I say that, then I keep you over an extra ten, don't I? Look at Matthew. Look at uh, uh, Romans nine, verse four. Who are the Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants? and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and whom is concerning the flesh? Christ came, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. There's their table. They had it all. They were God's people. Chapter 3 of Romans, he says, what advantage have the Jew? What do they have? They, greatly, they got the oracles of God. They got the word of God. Now go to Matthew 15. They've got everything. They are God's people. Man, to bless Israel was to be blessed by God. Rahab did it with Jericho. She blessed them. She calls them the two spies and says, listen, here's what you do. They go back and they say to, to uh, Jacob, hey, this is what she said. He goes, so be it. They crumbled. They, they made Ukraine look like nothing. They wasted that city except for one big old house sitting over there on the wall, and that was Rahab's house. And everybody inside was good to go. Why? Because she claimed Genesis 12. Why? Because she reckoned they had heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, some 40 years earlier at the Exodus out of Egypt, they're God's people. He took care of them five times in the wilderness, He takes care of them in the Jehovah names and so. On. And boom, 10, 10 more times he takes care of them later. And all of this stuff goes on. And yet, so what do you think they had? They had a little pride about we're God's people. But yet that table had become a what? a snare? Matthew 15, if you look at verse 27, you have the the woman here of Cana, uh, the Syrophoenician woman they call her. Look at verse 20. Well, verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He won't even talk to her. He wasn't sent to go talk to the Gentiles. He's over here trying to fix Israel. Why? Because Israel has to be fixed first, then the Gentiles. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. There's a Gentile dog. That's what you are. And she said, Truth, Lord. Now watch. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's what? table." Yeah, but when Israel's eating and they're in their rightful position and they're being blessed, that blessing is to go where? To come over here to us, Gentile dogs. And it but it sits on that table. So when you come back to Romans 11 and Paul says here that was Matthew 25 or Matthew 15:27, did I say it wrong? Matthew 15:27, okay? So when you come back here to Romans 11 and he says that their, let their table be made a snare, Israel had the privilege of sitting down and eating before the Lord, partaking in the blessings that the Lord had given, but it had become a trap. They took all of the law, all of the ceremonies, all of the, the rites and rituals that were given to them legitimately, positively, and they made them into something they were never designed to be. God only gave one religion in all of human history and he gave it to Israel but yet Israel had taken it and took Baal worship the vain religious system and put them all together in the name of unity and let's all get along. They took it and they amalgamated it together and what it did was it produced a Something that was not well-pleasing to the Lord any longer. If I can just say it that way. They went out to seek righteousness, but on their own. They went out doing the works of the law rather than operating by faith. So what does he say, verse 10? You know what? Their eyes are going to be blinded, darkened that they may not see and bow down their back all way. Boy, what a statement. Paul tells the Corinthians over there, you guys have caved into the lawgivers, and you, you know what you do? You let them come up there and with an open hand smack you in the face. And he's talking about physically smacking them. And you're doing it under the guise of self righteousness, and you shouldn't be doing that. God had blinded them. He has done it in the Old Testament, because who did they refuse? His word, the apostles, I'm sorry, the prophets, the word coming to them, they rejected it. You go, by the way, if, man, take a time. Read Acts 7. In the message of Stephen. Stephen goes in there and he says, Hey, you know what? You know what happened when Abraham came? You rejected Abraham. You know what happened when Moses came? You rejected him. You know what happened when Jacob. Joseph, you rejected him. But then you know what happened? Then you accepted him. And then you accepted him. What did God do? Old Testament blinded them. Earthly, because they refused the word, they refused Christ being Messiah. So what happened? Blindness. I'm working in the little flock. I'm speaking in parables so that the little flock understands and the apostate nation doesn't get it. I know what people say, oh, he spoke in parables because God was just such a wonderful storyteller. Not according to Matthew 13 and Mark 4. He didn't do that. He says, I speak in parables so you guys get it, the believers get it, and the unbelievers don't get it. That's what Matthew 13 says. Almost verbatim. Almost. A little R.J. in there. They refused the earthly ministry of Christ. It resulted in him being crucified. They refused the Acts ministry of the little flock, early Acts 1 to 7. What happened at the end of 7? They fall. Stephen pronounces them uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You're sinners, you're heathen, you're guilty. And he's talking to the chief rulers of Israel. And now Paul rolls up, starting in verse 11 next time. And you know what he says? You fell, and you're still blinded. And the only way out is to trust. In my gospel and trust what God's doing today in the dispensation of grace. So if an unbelieving Jew, we saw him in Acts, they come to Paul and they believe Paul, what are they now? Not little flocker, not little flock members. They are body of Christ members. See. So then you get in a whole quundrum about that. 12 in, 12 out. A regurgitation out of the mouth continues. Of words, and we just let the word say what it says and what happens. That's what's going on. Now in eleven eleven, he says, "I say, have they st- fall? Have they stumbled? That they should fall? God forbid! They do stumble, and they don't fall. Think about walking on ice. You know, Ohio, forty degrees, snowy, icy weather, and you hit that ice patch." But you catch yourself. You take another step and you end right on your back end. You bow your back down all the way. You're down. Right? That's what happened to them. And what we'll see as we get into 11 and 12 next time is we'll see a great outline of the, of the Gospels and we'll see a great outline of the book of Acts given to you right here. Paul does it. By the way, Romans 15, or Romans 15 verse 8, Paul gives you an outline of, the, of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Romans 16 25 and 26, he gives you a great outline of his epistles. It's wonderful right here, right in the foundation book, okay? All right, time to be done, okay? Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the instructions here and for the look into it and for the fact that you did change the program so that you could reconcile the world to yourself and do it without having... The nation of Israel will be there, but yet do it because of your graciousness, your merciful, and your longsuffering. In your name we pray. Amen.